And welcome to a new Energy Crew podcast. I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in to the Energy Crew podcast. Um, again, if you're enjoying these, uh, we, we try to discuss uh, entrepreneurship, mindset, um, personal uh, coaching, personal development, uh, marketing, whatever whatever kind of topic that's interesting to me on how to kind of what I'm working on to improve myself or what I see out there that can help others uh, through conversation and kind of falling back to what I've been talking about, what I've been focused on uh, the past, um, not just, you know, throughout, you know, my, one of my, uh, my, one of my U crews right here, right there, my uh, U crew business, which is uh, ex- uh, executive coaching that deals with imposter syndrome. Um, this kind of just, uh, it's, 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 it's important to continue talking about this because this is a subject that a lot of people face uh, and it's perfectly normal to face this. Uh, the imposter syndrome is a feeling. It's an experience that over 70% of people uh, experience. Um, Imposter syndrome is if uh, they did a study in the 80s that 70% of high achievers or people in leadership positions um, uh, deal with imposter syndrome on some level to some degree. And that's the feeling that where you're at in life is a direct result of luck, of you being a fraud, of you being a phony. It has nothing to do with your with your achievements, your successes, or your effort. And I think that's BS. And that's something that I'm dealing with. And that's why I'm talking about it today. So you can deal with it too. All right. So... But I think before we kind of discuss on how to kind of like this, this, this episode is not going to be about how to, how, to, how to fix your imposter syndrome. It's going to be the first step in, in your imposter syndrome, which is understanding your imposter syndrome. It's understanding where it's from. And, uh, you know, um, after, you know, researching and you know, listening to you know, some books and kind of reading articles, imposter syndrome does stem from our childhood. And this is going to be a childhood. Oh, mommy, this, daddy, that. Um Everyone, I guess, is doing the best they can. However, um, imposterism does stem from childhood uh, or your in- environment. And actually, um, whether it's, it's minorities and women are affected with imposter syndrome more uh, based on, I guess, culture, uh, cultural um, environments and situations. So let's kind of get over them. And uh, when we're going to talk about the, the different types of imposter syndrome, we're going to go over uh, for each of them. Uh, the descri- First off, the top, what they are, what they're called, the description of them. Um, an example of this, maybe a real world, world example of this, kind of how I've kind of kind of relate to this, you know, the kind of the origin of this, the potential childhood origin of uh, this type of uh, uh, this type of imposter syndrome, um, how to uh, manifest uh, in adults and also potential coping strategies. Um, so this might might give you a little bit. But if anything, we're just going to kind of go. We, I love talking about imposter syndrome. It's something that I think is not talked about enough. And that's kind of why I dig it. And I think it, uh, you know, I, I do get a lot of feedback that it is helping people and people are identifying with this. So let's get into it. So the, I think it's one, two, three, four, five. Yes. The five types of imposter syndrome, the perfectionist. And look, when, you're, when we're listening to this, see what you can, see what you can identify with in any of this, even a little bit. I know I can identify with a couple of these, but see what you can too. All right. The perfectionist, the soloist. The superwoman or superman, the natural genius, and the expert. Let's see what you can identify with. And we're just going to kind of maybe rapid fire these um, and kind of talk about this. All right. So let's start off with the perfectionist. All right. So the description is a uh, perfectionist set uh, excessively high goals. Uh, wait, where is it? Yeah. Excessively high goals and how small flaws can make them question their own competence. All right. Do you know anyone like that? Can you relate to that? Um, that people just have to, uh, we actually just had an episode about goal setting and realistic goal setting before, but uh, the perfectionists, they always set these 
hold themselves accountable to these extremely high goals. And any flaws or any or any change in plan or detail affects them personally. They are attached to their goals. They're attached to their to, to their uh, to kind of uh, what they're involved in. So uh, any flaws, and I, I can relate to this. Uh, I can relate to this whether it comes to even kids kids crew. Uh, kids crew is an event that we bring kids to learn about you know uh, energy, uh, promote STEM. And uh, again, this is a kids event. And when you're when you're when you're dealing with a kids event, it's not going to be perfect. However, my imposter syndrome experiencing uh, uh, life um, thought, yeah, I can plan a perfect kids event with, you know, 70 kids in a room uh, with science experiments. And I would really get wrapped up in that. I would get so wrapped up in every if it had to go perfect, it had to go perfect. And where it actually draw me down and take away from the impact and the fun of the of the afternoon and really just got to trust the process so um an example this is a student who believes they must achieve top grades in all subjects to be considered successful does anyone know can anyone relate to everyone straight a student but they get that one b and it ruins they they see that one b over all those a's that's the perfectionist all right where is the stem where's the stem from childhood origin growing up in an environment where only top achievements like grades or sport sports victories were praised or recognized uh, I don't know if I can relate to that because I didn't really make good grades. Uh, unless you're my daughter, then I made it all A's. All right. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that just kind of like you, ne- you never feel satisfied. You never feel accomplished with your work. Even if even if it's a great job, people praising you and all that stuff, you never feel satisfied. It's always, oh, I could have done this better. Something was wrong with this. And that's and that's tough. So one coping strategy for the perfectionists out there is, uh, again, uh, we had a podcast about an episode about this earlier, is uh, focus on your progress, focus on your efforts, focus on your your your, your, your goals towards your, uh, your, your progress towards your goals um, as a perfectionist. Um, you know, this is kind of something that, you know, we're trying to do this more at, as, as, as a parent in our house. We're trying to recognize effort over achievement, um, over outcomes, you know, um, you know, let's say, you know, my daughter's trying to play basketball or bait soft, whatever it is. And she doesn't, I, I we want to celebrate her efforts in trying her hardest versus, you know, getting a, you know, uh, a grand slam or a dunk, whatever sports reference we want to go with. So again, set realistic goals and measure your progress and, and celebrate yourself on those, on that progress on headed towards your goals for the perfectionist. All right. Number two, the soloist. I can identify with this and I hate this. I hate that I can identify with this. All right. Uh, the soloist belief believes that uh, they must accomplish tasks alone and seek seeking help is a sign of weakness. Does this relate to anyone out there? I know it does for me. I know, you know, when I started this company or any of these, whatever, uh, you know, it's, it's a solopreneur. It's like, you, you have to, you have to wear every hat, you know, whether it's whatever it is. And that's okay. That's okay to wear every hat because you're learning the business. You're learning what makes your business tick? However, as you grow and as the business evolves and uh, as the business moves forward, you still have to have control over everything. You know, the soloist still has to have control over every single aspect of the business. And this is a, this is a point where I'm at personally right now. Um, I'm at the um, at kind of the, this 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 crossroads right now where I need to start uh, delegating. I need to relinquish some control and trust uh, the process, trust that it's going to, just because it's not going to go how it looks up here, it's still going to be okay. All right. So um, 
An example is an employee struggling to delegate tasks. Hey, I just talked about that. Um, feeling they must complete all work independently to prove their worth. Yeah, uh, I also get very attached to uh, the results of a crew club event, or uh, I get attached to the 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 um, the outcome of a kids crew, or how exec crews are going to run. I'm, I am personally attached to this because I put so much effort and work in it. All right. And so that's kind of a challenge for me. That's a goal for me in 2024 right now is to learn and trust how to delegate. And honestly, even if things do go wrong, it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. All right. That's part of it, man. That's part of life. Life's never perfect. All right. Childhood origin. Where does it stem from? This is a, a potentially a, a child raised in an environment where independence was overly valued and asking for help was seen as a weakness. So maybe Maybe uh, your, your parents couldn't be bothered. Maybe you couldn't ask them for, uh, for help. Maybe you had to figure stuff out on your own. And uh, again, none of these are, are bad. Okay. Again, I'm saying that none of these are, these are, we're all human. We all have traits of human and we're all products of our childhood. All right. So again, these are just things to identify. And I think the first step to identifying and, 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 and tackling your imposter syndrome is number one, realizing it's an experience. It's not you. Okay. You are not the fraud. Uh, and the, and the, another thing is self-reflection. So what kind of imposter syndrome do you feel? Do you, do you resonate with? So, so far I can already hit on two. All right. Um, adult manifestation, difficulty in teamwork. All right. So you have a tough time working with others. You kind of want to take control on everything. Um, you feel fraudulent when unable to handle tasks solo. Oh, so, so when you are handed a task, you kind of feel like a fraud when you can't accomplish that task. All right. So Again, a coping strategy for the soloists out there is to learn how to delegate, trust the process, understand and appreciate teamwork and the value of it. All right. And um, again, recognizing that seeking uh, help is a strength, not a weakness. And this also every good leader always says, you know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So, again, if you're having a tough time decoupling yourself away from all the tasks that are required uh, for you and you're having a tough time delegating, just think, first off, realize it's going to be okay. But second off, understand that every good leader out there delegates. All right. Every good leader out there is not the smartest in the room. The superwoman. All right. Uh, number four, number three. Yeah. Number three, the superwoman, superman. All right. This is individuals who push themselves to work harder than others to prove they're not imposters, often neglecting their own well being. Guilty. Yo, this, okay. So I can identify with the superman. The soloist and the perfect. Okay, that's cool. All of them. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, sorry, Monica. All right. So, yeah, uh, the example is professional works excessive hours across multiple roles, uh, work, home, personal life to, to prove their worth. So, it's someone that cannot say no. It's someone that is taking on every single task that's trying to outwork you, that's trying to outdo this. And oftentimes, just like, yo, like, chill like you gotta take a break like you're working too many hours at the office you're, you know you're neglecting your whatever that is so anyway so the superman or superwoman can accomplish every task on their own all right so where did this stem from what what childhood would a superman or superwoman come from it's coming from a background where being the best in multiple areas was heavily emphasized so that's kind of being like the all-star child who's the valedictorian also the star quarterback or whatever like that so it's uh it's 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 somewhere whose successes were celebrated not just one but across multiple different uh that's a lot of pressure that's a lot of pressure all right um adult manifestations so how can people see this it's, it's burnout it's stress it's feeling like a fraud and not ex- excelling in every area of life does that sound familiar to anyone out there, especially before the holiday seasons? I'll bet so. So coping strategies. 
Again, if you're a superman or superwoman out there with imposter, you know, facing this type of imposter syndrome, one of the things that you can do is set some boundaries, set some healthy boundaries. Um, again, I think I think scheduling is going to be a big uh, task for me uh, in 2024. I think, uh, and I think this is kind of a tool to use for the superman. Take your schedule and set boundaries. I'm leaving the office here. I'm making my kids uh, uh, recital here. I'm I'm doing this. It's okay to, to, to take a step away from work because work's probably going to be there when you get back to it. All right. All right. So now we're going to go keep moving along. Number four, the natural genius. Uh, the description here is people who believe they must master skills quickly and feel shame if they need effort or time to learn. This is not me. Uh, I, I, I definitely don't feel shame. <laughs> you should have seen me before I set up all this uh, podcast. Uh, I, I, I took me a lot of effort, uh, time, to set up this lot. I know it's silly, silly, this, this simple stuff. So anyway, the natural genius is, uh, they don't, what is it? They, they, they must master that skill. So it's constantly going back. It's it, what is it? It's, it's, it's the people, it's the teachers in college that have never really went to the real world. They just stayed in the professional world. It's these, not, not all of them, but obviously, but, um, it's a musician who feels they must pick up a new piece, every a new piece of equipment and uh, they're embarrassed to kind of practice. Well, actually they won't practice that equipment if it takes a long time to learn. Uh, childhood origin on this is, is is praised only when showing immediate competence in a new skill, leading to a belief that needing effort to learn is a sign of failure. Man, that's that's imposter syndrome right there. You can't show any effort in learning something. All right, adult manifestations, avoidance of challenges, feeling like an imposter, we're not instantly instantly successful. So it sounds kind of like a short fuse right there. All right, so if you're a natural genius, um, a coping strategy is embracing the learning process, embracing the the time and effort it takes you to learn that skill and understanding, hey, look, I learned this skill. It kind of helps my portfolio of skills. So um, understanding just because you're not learning something right off the bat or you can't master a task right off the bat, it's not a bad thing. All right. Last but not least, the expert. So recapping. And tell me which ones you're, that you can identify with. You have the professionalist. You have the soloist. The Superman, Superwoman, the natural genius, and finally, last but not least, the expert. All right. These are individuals who feel they need to know everything before they are qualified or credible. So it's kind of similar to uh, it's kind of similar to the natural genius. Uh, an example is an academic who feels compelled to earn more degrees or certificates to value. So it's the person that's constantly going to get certified. It's the person that's constantly has to learn that's constantly has to learn that. They're constantly adding badges or what is those those walls of uh, certificates to 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 their um, to the wall behind them? Um, uh, this uh, uh, this probably was brought up uh, as you know raised in an environment where expertise and extensive knowledge were highly valued. Um, okay, that's that's not that's not bad. Um, and adult manifestations: you're constantly seeking more training. You're feeling fodder when you're facing unknown topics. Um, so again, so there's. Yeah, so I mean, all this stuff. I mean, so that's that's kind of it for, for this episode. I think, uh, you know, taking this imposter uh, syndrome journey and just kind of understanding, decoupling yourself from these negative, self-limiting beliefs is important. It's also important too to kind of do some self-reflection uh, and to to start learning more about yourself. It's so easy to be looking out outwards, right? Um, Whenever you're faced with a challenge or a situation or you're, you're in an imposter syndrome environment where you have to step up to the plate. 
However, it's the whole point of this uh, of this podcast, the whole point of the imposter syndrome journey, the IS to the IM journey, is to not look outwards, it's to look inwards. So what type of imposter syndrome you are? It's easy to know, okay, well, I feel I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Oh, it's because this is why in sixth grade I didn't make this basketball team and this. That makes sense. That little thing, you know, 30 years ago is affecting me today and how I walk in and give a presentation to a meeting. So it's important to take a self-reflection, look at kind of your backgrounds and your kind of who you are, what makes up your fibers, so you can kind of better understand uh, where your imposter syndrome experiences are coming from. And once you know that, then you can turn that to a strength. So again, um, I, I can identify with several of these uh, through different areas, whether it's through uh, setting up crew club, whether it's you, whether content. Uh, events, whatever it is, um, business dealings, I can identify with with a lot of these. However, I've found that once you identify with it, once you kind of understand uh, your imposter syndrome experiences, because it's very normal, okay? Once you kind of figure that out, then you can start kind of decoupling those self-limiting beliefs, all right? And those, those reasonings why you have to be at the office and miss your daughter's game, or you have to take on this certification to add to your long list ones. Once you start understanding that, you can ch- challenge yourself. You can decouple and actually turn um, those feelings of fraud uh, into a strength. And that's something that, I, uh, that, uh, that I'm very passionate about doing. And that's kind of why we're having this conversation. So, hey, look, I want to thank everyone out there. Happy New Year. Um, Again, if you're enjoying these, please uh, subscribe, share. Uh, we'll be dropping a lot of these, these these 15 to 20 minute episodes that kind of go over mindset, personal development, and all that fun stuff. So um, again, if you are one of these five or you do relate to some of these five uh, imposter syndrome feelings, you're not alone. I am in the same boat as with you. I'm probably the captain of that boat. And uh, that's it. So it's normal. And I guess you are not your self-limiting beliefs. You're anything but that. So I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in. And we'll see you soon on Energy Crew Podcast. Put your energy in the right direction.